Well, hello and welcome to a an outside broadcast of the two tones. Tony DeMolfo and Tony Moclair. Greetings, Tony. A very special edition uh, of the uh, Two Toads podcast this week, is it not? It is. Well, where do we find ourselves, Tony? Set the scene. We find ourselves at Isle uh, Hannah, Isle 13, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. We are at uh, Eddie Head Stadium. We are um, about to uh, join the... the um, the masses, 600 mm. people in all, at the Carlton Football Club's uh, Hall of Fame uh, function and reunion of the 1968 Premiership team 50 years on, Tony. Should be a great day. We're just uh, getting getting a, a Carlton legend here. <laughs> Tony DeVolfo wrangling uh, legends of the 1968 team. He's got Ian Robertson. We'll get you on yeah. the way through. Yeah, what do we got to say? Anything, well, anything and everything. Yeah, um, Ian, does it feel like 50 years since you ran out and represent the Carlton Football Club in that drought-breaking premiership victory all those years ago? Don't mention 50. I'm quite <laughs> prepared to cope with about 20, but 50, that means I'm 72. I don't want to know about it. Oh, you know, what you could do in the days when you were 22, 32 and 42, mm-hmm. you struggle to do when you're 72, I can guarantee you. But thinking back on that great day for Carlton, yeah. you know, first premiership since 47, ironically yeah. against Essendon, the team you beat. Yep. When you think back on that game and the, and the occasion, Ian, what sticks most in your mind? Uh, we kicked less goals than the opposition. Um, we had a 17-year-old in the centre playing on an all-Australian or Victorian centre man. Um, it was drought-breaking. There's no doubt that that was fantastic because supporters, it's a bit like now, you know, supporters are just absolutely wishing that they can, not, not necessarily overnight, but win some games where they're competitive, which was happening up, you know, like a couple of years ago. But... Um, uh, we had Brian Kekovic, we had Billy Bennett that didn't play much football for Carlton after that, which was sad. Um, as I said, Brent. Uh, Sid came and played the following year. Sid was the runner. Um, and we celebrated madly. I think there were times, uh, I think at, at that stage, because of the breakthrough, we didn't go to bed. <laughs> we, went to tra- we didn't go to training, obviously, but uh, anyway, we had a great time. <laughs> Do you think it set the scene then for all the success that followed after 1968? Uh, 68 had Quirk and Crane and myself from Gippsland. Um, But I think after that, pretty well soon after that, the zoning came in and we... we, Carlton benefited there. You know, the Southby, uh, Keogh, Mackay, who were integral parts. Ashman... um, uh, the mentality, uh, Barras was still there in 70 when we performed a bloody football miracle mm. and uh, 72, um, it was another great coaching and behind the scenes performance to beat Richmond after being beaten in the second semi-final replay mm. and we played St Kilda who were tough so we played a hard game in that, in that, in that era and then there was a space from 72 to 79 and um, yeah it's interesting I don't know whether it's administration I mean what can you do today you just can't manufacture a premiership you can't recruit people who you can guarantee and if you do you've got to spend a lot of money and make sure it's a a, a wise investment 
I'd be putting you and a couple of the blokes into that room in a time machine. That's what I'd be wanting to do. Yeah, well, look, these kids are the easiest thing in the world. I did 15 years sitting in a comfortable box mm. commentating and trying to encourage people to understand what Australian football was about. That's the easiest thing in the world. Mm. I don't have to cop the bumps. I don't have to try and anticipate how the ball bounces. And that's what these kids have got to do today. So you need to find 18 Greg Williams, 18 mm. Craig Bradleys, mm. 18 Stephen Kernahans, and it's impossible to do it. Mm. So what you have to sit and wait. This Dow, I think, will be OK. I'm a big uh, fan of McKay. Mm. I think McKay, to me, is like I was when I started. He doesn't, he doesn't understand that he belongs out there. And you've got to play about 50 games to understand... We know, Tone, you know, we're a fraction old. I'm not sure how old you are. You, you, but you understand you've got, they've got to play mm. and they've got to learn. And the biggest thing they've got to understand that what I've seen, the speed of this game is mm. incredible. Yeah. So if you get it, you know, I think I was told straight away when I started, get it and kick it. Because the worst thing is to get it and get caught. Because mm. your backside drags on the ground for a couple of seconds. If you get it and kick it, there's no reason for you to feel that you let the side down. Mm. That's what I think, anyway. Uh, Ian, a final question, perhaps, before you have to go to the luncheon. I've got but a beer over there, Tony. I've got a big beer that I'm going to drink. I've just come down from Milan. Still well, celebrating that Ballarat 68 yeah. I, I, think, I, I think that might be my beer, actually, so uh, keep your heads off. But listen, yeah. um, Rod Mc, uh, Peter McLean, I should say, is no longer with us. Yeah. Wes Lofts is gone. Yep. Barras is still with us. Yep. Can you have something to say about Ron, uh, you know, the impact that Barassi oh, had on you and the team? Enormous. E- enormous. I mean, uh, he, he was a winner for coming from Melbourne. Uh, he showed us, uh, I remember a mid-season trip, we had a table tennis competition and Eric Sarich had busted his shoulder and we went down to Torquay. He played Gary Crane in the final of this table tennis tournament that we had. And he's got his left left shoulder in a sling in a sling from being dislocated. Yeah. He won. There's a rat bag, David Mackay. Um, he he won um, champion kick contests on Channel Seven. He won uh, handball competitions on Channel Seven because he was so competitive. So you had to be taken up by he, who, the fellow who just walked past, David Mackay. He could mark anything at training. You know who stood beside him to try and mark it? Barassi. He tried to, if he thought he'd make Mackay a better player by showing him the competitive nature of the, of the coach who wasn't playing at, at training in marking drills. And that was the way he was. I mean, we were lucky we had Nick. Mm. We were lucky. I look Nick in the eye like you would. I'm looking you in the eye. He's six foot two and shrinking, right? And he played 320 games in the ruck. He knocked Tomo out, competed with Don McKenzie and John Schultz. Is he waiting for me, Mackay? Because I'm going to give him a mouthful. Tony, it's always a pleasure to have a chat to you. An absolute pleasure to have a chat to yeah. Well, Swan, you, uh, you weren't there in 68, of course. I think you were still uh, up at the sticks. Uh, and you did play your first game on the great EJ Whitney in 69, but you were there um, in 70, of course, in 72. Um, you were there again in 79, if memory serves, at 81. So you had a good go at it. But when you came to Carlton Swan, um, obviously the team had, had come off that success. Did you feel within your heart of hearts that 
that the club was on the cusp of a, a great era? Well, because they had a, the best coach that I ever played under, uh, under Bar- uh, Sparassi, he was just terrific. And um, it's just his ability to uh, generate players and to generate interest around the club and to, to make everyone feel at home and give you clear directions about the way he wanted you to play was, was just outstanding. We just heard from uh, Ian Robertson then about his competitiveness, about Barassi's competitiveness. What did that do to the, to the playing group? How did that inspire the playing group? It definitely inspired the playing group. He was, um, well, Robbo probably mentioned uh, his, his ability to play table tennis. He was not a, a bit like his football. He probably wasn't the greatest uh, player in terms of skill, but just his incredible competitiveness. I remember playing table tennis. He, he just kept hitting the ball back from impossible positions for about, oh, looked to be about 10 minutes uh, when he was trying to win his way through to uh, being the champion table tennis player at, at the club. But it wasn't just that, you know, if you're out having uh, kick to kick, he'd want to be going for marks and uh, all of those sort of things, really, that competitive spirit that he, he embodied and showed uh, certainly came through to the players and the players, well, everyone wanted to beat him. They wanted to beat him playing table tennis. They wanted to take a mark over him at training. Did anyone beat him at table tennis? Uh, I think Brent Croswell might have beaten him. So uh, there was, it was pretty rare because he was, he was just so competitive and just his ability to hit the ball back from uh, impossible positions was just uncanny. Is that what got Brick Crosswell into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, look, Crosswell was a, an incredible player and an incredible athlete. And, um, yeah, he, was, uh, he just came to the club at the right time and I think he was the youngest player to play in 68, so uh, that was a pretty impressive performance. Then go on to play with the club again in 70 yeah. and playing well in, in grand finals, not just for Carlton but for, for North Melbourne. Uh, he was just an incredible uh, you know, finals player. He was, he was a great, uh, great player. Now, Brett Croswell is an apology today, Swan. He can't make it across from the Apple Isle. He's in Hobart. Um, I actually spoke to him last week and he was... Sounded fantastic, which was really heartening. He was remarkably upbeat and, and generally disappointed he couldn't be here. Another player that sends his apologies also, Swan, and he finished up just before you started, but your pass may have crossed, was Brian Kekovic. Now, it's un- unbelievable that he's kicked four of seven in that grand final in his last game. He was 33 or 34 games in, was told by the doctors to give the game away or it ended up in a wheelchair and he never played again. Did you actually get, get to meet him at all? You came in 69, was he already out the door or did, do you recall him being around the place? He was already out the door, which is unfortunate. I, I must admit, I saw the footage of him kicking those goals, a beautiful left foot kick uh, from uh, all angles and he was, he was a terrific player. Incredible that both the full forward and centre-half forward, uh, Kekovic and um, Billy Bennett, both weren't there the next year. They'd both moved on. And um, look, I'm surprised Kekovic didn't stay, but I didn't realise it was an injury that uh, ended his career. But he was, uh, he was certainly a very impressive player, just watching him in that bit of footage uh, from 1968. I briefly had a word with him in Perth this week, Swan, and unfortunately he's not the best of health, nor is his mother. Uh, but he asked that I call him back in six weeks. And I've, I've pencilled in the calendar for six weeks from now will be actually the 28th of September, the 50th anniversary to the day. So um, hopefully we'll learn a bit more about his life and times. But... Um, but to be back here today, Swan, um, been a tough year for the club and you follow the, the, the current players pretty closely. Um, are you heartened by what you see, even given you know the disastrous year it's been in least in terms of ladder position? What, what do you take from, from the year? Well, I think there's light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm not sure whether it's uh, 
bright light or the sudden aurora. But no, I think I think uh, I think they're on the right track. Like when you have players, you know, Cripps is just a, just a brilliant leader, and I'm sure he'll he'll have a, perhaps a more prominent leadership role in 219. Um, uh, Cruiser has been very unfortunate with uh, with his injury. I thought um, with his heart condition, hopefully he'll get over that and be back next year. Because I think when he's playing, Carlton are a much better team. So uh, and Kerno, well, you know, he's just a superstar of the future. You've had a Harry Mac- Mackay, Paddy Dow, those young players too. Absolutely, I think that you know they've they've improved markedly over the year. Harry's going to be a terrific forward for Carlton, and Dow. Well, I, I must admit, I thought he took quite a while to get going, but. Some of his uh, body movement in the last couple of games has just been outstanding and he's going to be a wonderful player for Carlton through the midfield. Can I just ask you a personal question? Which of the four premierships was you, means the most to you? Which, which was, I guess, the most exciting? Without doubt, 70, before the biggest crowd that uh, has ever watched a football game. Yeah. Bracey as coach. Um, 44 points down at half-time against Collingwood to get up and beat them yeah. uh, when half the Collingwood supporters had gone home thinking they'd won the game. <laughs> it was, uh, was fantastic. So that was just a wonderful game and uh, I'm just so so um, fortunate that I was part of uh, part of such a wonderful part of Carlton's history and to beat Collingwood was an absolute bonus. What, what, I suspect half the Carlton team went over at half-time <laughs> thinking they'd lost actually <laughs> exactly. Swan too. But, uh, what, what, was the, what was the half-time address? Well, I, I think... I can't remember it exactly, but I think Barassi was concerned that, that we were playing a kick-and-mark style of game and we were kicking it to a wall of... Colin. They were setting up very well across half-back line. And his philosophy was, if we can get some handball going, uh, we can actually move the ball forward and kick it over that wall. And that, that effectively worked in the second half. So, uh, you know, that was... I know the handball stats don't show it exactly, but I think we did play much a much more of a play-on style in the second half, mm. and that helped us get over Collingwood in that uh, in that massive second half. And you are, of course, the only man Carlton history to have played three grand final victories over Collingwood, are you not? I think so. Yes. <laughs> I think Eddie <laughs> Maguire reminds me every time he sees me. <laughs> Well, it's great to see you today. Um, great to see you in, in um, you know, ideal play condition. You look like you can still run out. It'll be a great day for the club. I uh, hope you enjoy it and uh, we'll, we'll share a shandy or two later on. Look forward to it, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Well, it's a great pleasure now at the Carlton Football Club Hall of Fame and 1968 Premiership reunion to um, introduce a man who, fair to say, was best of field on that uh, that big day in September 1968, Gary Crane. Gary, welcome back to the club. Um, a great day for, for yourself and, and your old teammates, no doubt. Yes, it is uh, a fantastic day and it's great to uh, meet all the old boys. Uh, yeah, this, we've certainly, uh, some, are, some are completely bald, others are fat. Uh, You're some, neither, some it has to be skinny. said. Um, I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, can I ask you, I mean, we know uh, Carlton actually had the inaugural Norm Smith medalist when it was a medal. Do you regard yourself as a Norm Smith medalist almost by default? Wouldn't that be lovely? Mm. There's a song about that and I'd love to be able to sing it, but uh, yeah, that would be a fantastic uh, uh, bit of praise, uh, getting uh, a retrospective Norm Smith medal. Mm. Uh, yeah, I can only say I'd be wrapped, but I don't, don't expect to get it, but uh, wow, how would it be? Gary, what do you remember of that, that day in 68? You know, people say it was windswept, big crowd, obviously. What, what are your uh, recollections of the day? My recollections of the day were quite, uh, yeah, I can still remember my first kick, a goal. <laughs> <laughs> the ball came loose uh, 
between the goal and Sinar Ford and I was running into an open goal and uh, actually kicked it to my surprise. And you must have thought, geez, it's going to be a good day today. Well, I went back to the centre feeling pretty good. <laughs> and of course, goals were hard to come by that day, uh, Gary. It was a pretty windswept old game, wasn't it? It certainly was. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it was a funny day because I can remember uh, uh, the fellow they called Cookerborough, or uh, wouldn't shut up, uh, Alec Epus. Uh, he was switched to me in the last quarter. And uh, I was one of those players that never spoke. And Alec was trying to talk to me and I put him off his game by not speaking to him. So I do remember that. It worked for Bruce Dool. Bruce, Bruce did that all his life and how good was he? <laughs> um, we, we spoke to Robbo earlier. Um, he mentioned the, the celebrations that took place afterwards. What do you recall of, of uh, the immediate aftermath of winning the grand final in 68? Yeah, good point. I, unfortunately, that's something I've always... Uh, thought well I, I didn't celebrate it enough I, I was in hotels at the time and uh, I'd go from the game straight back to the pub work and then go out to the function so how are things changed now uh, I was only talking to Cade Simpson a few weeks ago saying how things have changed I said to Cade when I was 34 I had three kids I was running a pub 12 hours a day six days a week and we got paid bugger all so how, how things have changed. Yeah, very, very true. And Gary, when Tony mentioned we spoke to Robbo earlier, he talked about that great, you know, that midfield yourself, uh, him, Gary, uh, Brian Quirk, all country boys. And I, I think back to some of the players that also played. Uh, Brian Kegovich was Myrtleford. Gags was from down at Yarram. What was it about the, the, the country players that gave so much to the club? I believe in that, that era... Um Having played country football on smaller grounds, uh, not great conditions, it, it prepared players to uh, be able to win their own football because there was no, no place to hide on these small country games, so you got used to winning your own ball. And I think you'll, you'll go through the, the successful um, Carlton teams of that era, uh, there was many players in the side that could win the hard ball. And I believe... Teams now uh, have an outer balance of outside players to inside players that can win the hard ball. And when you haven't got enough players winning the hard ball, that's when the team seems to fail. The um, figure of Ron Barassi looms very large. Um, your experiences of him? Yes, very memorable. I wore his number my first year and of course he, he rang me and asked me, could he have it? And I, I thought, well, if I'm smart, I'll give it to him because I do need a game. <laughs> and uh, that's how I came to get number six. Yeah. Uh, Brassie was a, uh, well, I don't think he'd get away with uh, what he did or what he said to players in that, those times. Things have changed. Uh, players are a bit more precious now. Uh, we had to cope or, or get out. In fact, I remember one night at training... Uh, Brassie was always on my back. Uh, I had a lot of faults and he was trying to mend them. And I yelled out some uh, unkind remark to him and he sent me off the ground and said, wait for me after training. So uh, after training, I've waited quite a while and of course he's came up when he was finally ready and said, Gary, it's like this. If you don't like it, nick off. Mm. And of course I didn't nick off. Uh, I stayed there, but that's how he was. Uh, 
he said he, said he was trying to uh, prepare me to, uh, you know, uh, do the hard things and do the proper things. And if I wasn't prepared to do it, nick off. Well, you obviously were prepared to do it, Gary, because you were there in 1970. And again, in 72, I think, you were there for the... 68, 69, 70, 72, 73. Yeah. Do you have a favourite of the, the three premierships? 68, uh, 73. Yeah, why is that? Well, 68, I had a good game. 73, I had a very good game. 73, I thought we should have won. Um... I think that was the day Big Nick was knocked out by uh, Fowler, was it? Correct. And, uh, yeah, it was one of those days where uh, things had have been a little bit different. Carlton would have had another win and uh, we were so close and yet so far. Surprised to hear you say 70 doesn't loom as large as those other two that you mentioned. It doesn't in my... I thought the question was for me as a player how well I played... I don't believe I played as well in 70 as some of the other games. Uh, I wasn't 100% fit. Uh, I'd had the flu all week. Uh, probably shouldn't have played, but I did play. Thank God I did. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't one of my best games. Well, Gary, we're glad that you did. We're glad that you played in 72. We're glad you played in 68. And we're glad you played so many games for the Carlton Football Club. A young kid from the sticks who, who made good. And, and you still support Carlton as much as you ever did. The team's obviously been down. But do you see hope for, for, the, for the team, Gary? I certainly do. Uh, we've got some young, young kids coming on very nicely. And I'm really uh, uh, pleased with the way Bolton coaches... Uh, the enthusiasm and uh, he's always upbeat. He's never never lets uh, defeat get in his manner. Uh, he always finds a positive thing about them, and uh, I believe with this attitude, uh, Carlton will finally go on. And I must say that over the last few months, I feel a bigger part of Carlton since I finished playing because they're they're getting us older players back, trying to uh, show the younger players that regardless of where the team is on the ladder, uh, we're still a great club, we stick together and we will have success. And, uh, you know, and 50 years on, you'll still have most of your hair and uh, well, fit into a suit that you got married in. How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it does go to show how broke I am. <laughs> Gary, it's great talking to you, mate. Thanks very much. Enjoy the rest of the day. It's been a great day for, for the club and no doubt for yourself and the and the heroes of 68, all peyote, Gary. Thank you so much. It's, it's an honour to uh, come and do this, this uh, presentation or whatever we call it, but I can only say that uh, football's great and go Blues. Well said. Well said. Thanks, mate. Lance, congratulations. It's a great moment for yourself and the Whitnell family. You've been inducted into the, uh, the Carlton Football Club's Hall of Fame. Um, you, you had a lot of great moments for the Carlton Football Club, but where does this one stand for you? Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely speechless still. I'm, I'm still in shock that I've been uh, inducted to the Carlton Hall of Fame, and you know I really can't believe it. It's uh, not an accolade that you go, strive for. Um, you, you know, you try and win uh, premierships and best and fairest and along the line, but this stuff is just uh, unbelievable, and I'm, I'm over the moon. 
your father, Graeme, who himself was a, a great player for Carlton, I think through 66 games thereabouts, um, he jetted in from uh, up north today, I'm told. Yeah, uh, half his luck. He's been living in Darwin for the last 12 months um, in the nice warm weather, but um, he's flown down uh, yesterday and uh, down for the day, or down for the weekend, just to uh, be here for this function. So, uh, yeah, he's just as wrapped as I am and quite surprised as well. Lance, as a, a supporter of my vintage, I'm absolutely thrilled to see you get the honour because I think it's thoroughly deserved. You're always great to watch and you're always a very steady, reliable pair of hands. Um, your playing career is over 200 games. Um, there's a bag of goals in there. The highlight for you? Um, my highlight would have to be the 99 prelim. Um, you know, any Carlton supporter or any Essendon supporter, that, you know, that game always comes up and to be able to kick a goal late in the game to sort of give us the, the real big chance of going through was a, it was just a, a big buzz for me. Um, we, we all want to play in grand finals and try to win them, but that prelim was it was amazing, uh, especially more so that I you know, I've grown up as an Essendon supporter as a kid. To do that in that game, I was you know that was a buzz for me, big time. The sidestep, it's still magical to watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I can be, not sure about that now, but uh, yeah, I was just enjoyed the moment and it was it was huge. I loved it. You related a great story during the week, Lance, to me about uh, the person in the smoker's stand you were waving to after you kicked that big goal. Can you tell us that story? Uh, yeah, that story's probably got a little bit uh, longer as I've more gone out of, out of football, but at the time I was just, you know, over the moon and wrapped and I've got a uh, close family member that he's a diehard Essendon supporter and he was in the, in the members that day and um, I didn't know exactly where he'd be sitting, but I knew he'd be in that area and um, I was just, yeah, I was just stoked and I knew he'd be Heartbroken because he's an Essence supporter, but wrapped that I kicked the goal. So you, did, you didn't see him, but I know that he saw you. Yeah. I, I know he's seen me. I've heard all about it since, and um, he said he, he, you know, slouched down in his chair, but then 30 seconds later stood up and clapped. So, uh, Lance, you you, um, you came to Carlton at a time when the great Stephen Kernahan was was ending his career, and Earl Spalding was on his way out. You were a kid of 17, you know, then asked to fill the breach uh, left by the great man at centre forward. You seem to fall into place really quickly. How was it that you were able to um, to do that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, as I just touched on then, Kernahan, his last year was my first year and he spent a lot of that year injured. And I can't thank him enough for um, the way he sort of inducted me into the team and, and tried to and coached me, um, teach me how to play the position because he knew sort of he was on the on the outer, you know, finishing up. So the way he sort of went about it, and um, I, I love the man. He's a, he's a great man and... Yeah, I was probably just in the right spot at the right time when, you know, if those blokes weren't injured, I wouldn't be playing. There's no chance. So, um, yeah, just right spot at the right time. You're a former Carlton uh, captain. What does that honour mean to you? Uh, to be named captain in Carlton, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a, a massive thrill for me. And, you know, Carlton have had some great captains over the years and some great players. And just to, to lead this club and, you know, it, I, yeah, I couldn't find the words at the time to, um, to match it. But I was just over the moon to be named captain of the club. As, as Tony said, uh, your dad played 66 games, you're um, over 200. What would it like to, to actually surpass your dad's game record? Yeah, well, it was something I'd never ever sort of set out to, to do. I just wanted to be on a Carlton list, you know. I just wanted to play one game, and then when I got that one game, I wanted to play two games. And uh, I actually can't remember the day that I, I passed him as, as, you know, as the games things, but um, yeah, I, I think it was in my third year that I played pretty quickly to 100, so I got him, got him up pretty quick. But yeah, I mean, Dad was a great player, he was just had a few injuries and he was around a long time and in a good era where it was hard to get into the team. So, I mean, he probably could have played a few more games, but that's, it is what it is and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, fr I'm thrilled. 
You're a very loyal person too, Lance. Um, I've seen you uh, quite often down the rooms after um, more recently losses than wins, it has to be said. But you're there, you know, when the team needs you most. And, and it seems that with the passing of time, you, your loyalty and your love for Carlton only grows stronger. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've, I've loved, the, loved, the day, loved the club since the day I walked into it in here. And, uh, you know, the players, it's hard to go down the rooms now when, when they're losing, but those players need support. Uh, I remember going through that time and when I used to look up and see a past player in the rooms, it was a, it was a good thrill to me to, you know, thinking that these guys are still behind us and still backing us. And I'd love to give my support when I can now. I don't get to as many games as I'd like to just because the kids are playing footy and uh, basketball and stuff like that. So I don't get to as many. But when I do, I you know, try and show my support to the boys. We've got a couple there going around. Uh, yes, and I, might I, follow I the obvious footsteps. Has the Whitnell football brain been passed to the next generation, please? Um, I've got a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old. My 17-year-old hates football, doesn't play football at all, and he lives and breathes basketball. My 15-year-old currently plays football and basketball, and, yeah, he goes okay at it. He's just starting to make the uh, TAC Cup under-15 squads and stuff like that, so he's in the program. Who does he barrack for? Carlton, he barracks for Carlton. Yeah, he's a Carlton boy. And, uh, just keep Lee Williams, your cousin, away from him, all right? Yeah, I try and keep the, the Essendon boys away from him, that's for sure. All right, Lance. Look, lovely to speak to you out of this occasion. It's a great moment for yourself, and Tony put it really well where he said, you know, you're a player that so many of us have admired um, through a tough period for the club, and, and you flew the flag and, and led the way uh, as captain of the Carlton Football Club. A great honour, thoroughly deserved. Absolutely. Um, all the very best for, for today and beyond, Lance, and, and we'll see you in the rooms. Thank you very much, guys, and uh, good luck. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Into it. <laughs> I'm so grateful, Brendan, and under these circumstances as well. You, you're obviously aware now of, of your um, uh, induction into the, the Carlton Hall of Fame. Yeah, look, mate, it, look, it's, it's, it's fabulous, really, because, you know, it's a, a little ironic too, you know. I mean, I left um, Carlton and I spent six years there and left. I uh, didn't want to go particularly, but I had problems with George Harris. Um, yes. I don't want to... You know, bring that up particularly, but yes. you know he was. He broke a verbal uh, handshake agreement, not him particularly, but people representing him. Yes, and I had no cho- I had no choice but, but, but to leave. But right, um, yeah. Look, it was about I think it was about five thousand six hundred dollars that, that we're talking about here. So okay. you can imagine how, how what a pittance it was. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, and, I mean when you think about it, and and so I, I left. Carlton, but it's, it's, it's wonderful because I, I, I love Carlton. It was the first club I went to. Um, we played at Princess Park in the most beautiful surroundings you could imagine, as you know, what, that area around there is just gorgeous. Yes. Um, in, uh, and ground, the ground was just about as good as you could get. It was yes. beautiful, beautifully shaped, and, and it was, it just had, yeah, it was just exquisite i think because of the ground and the, the surroundings you know it was just the, the premier place to be i mean it, you know visually it was the premier place to be you know yeah as as you're speaking brent and painting the picture i'm looking out from the boardroom of the club out onto the ground right now and it's uh, it's lovely to hear you your reminiscences of the place as i look uh, it, it was a special place for you and, and as you say the the, the, the opportunity to really um, uh, take on the great game of Australian rules football. Um, it, it must have been a massive moment for you, uh, a young boy from Tasmania coming across to the mainland. Was it, was it a difficult... It was... It was well, I, I came across in 67 as a guest. Yes. And it was just... It was mesmerising for, for someone to come across and then to... 
you know, I was immature. I was like, my body was immature. Yeah. And I was just a young kid. And, and, and just to come to Carlton with, with these guys dressed in, you know, the navy blue outfits, the, the smell of, uh, of the rooms, the, the, you know, the atmosphere in the ground was just extraordinary. You know, 40,000, 50,000 people. And, 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 <laughs> And was in that old stand, I think the Heatley stand. I yes. Think it was, I know. Yeah. It, 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 you know, there's something about you know a ground like that. Yes. With, with, with all the people in that ground, that that and the atmosphere that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that it surmounts the um, atmosphere in some of these stadiums now. You know. Yes. Uh, these are, they, they look at me to me a bit antiseptic. You know? Yes. And, um, uh, uh, you know the the car that you know, and you go. You'd go from one ground to another, but the first game I, I saw was a, a game between North and and um, and Carlton. Yes, and it was just fascinating. I mean, I just to, just to see these guys and to, and to go into the rooms and actually see them, it was just ah, oh, it was a wonderful experience. <laughs> and, really of, and of course, uh, the ti- timings, everything, Brent. I mean, these were exciting times with you know the the much heralded Barassi move across, and and Carlton was on the rise. Right. Yeah, and, you know the game was different then. The yes, game, the game was dramatic then. The, the, the game was very dramatic. It, you know, if you watch a game of football today, you 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 go there and you see the ground just covered in people before the game. Mm. They're, they're one side practicing their kicking, other other players doing this and that. The other the opposition's out there doing something. There's lots of people with water bottles. When the game starts, there can be 13 other people on the ground at any one time with yes. water bottles. So the game is littered with people now. Yes. Um, and, you know, uh, but before the game, they've got all these these people. Who now, in, in those days, what happened was it, 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 no one was on the ground. Mm. There were policemen around the, 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 the edge of the ground. The seconds were finished. And you waited then for this tremendously dramatic moment. Yes. When, and and the, you had the banners up. And when the players would come down and run down, that was the only time you saw them. You never saw them prior to the ground in different jerseys. Yes. So all the, all the kinds of drama. Yep. Now, if you were if you were an impresario, for example, <laughs> you, were, you, you, know, you, were, you were trying to... You know, to to produce this show, mm. the one thing you would do would do it like that they did it in '68, yes. and '70, and so on. You wouldn't have it like it is today because you you wouldn't. You, they're just it's just not dramatic. No, the, the mystique is lost, and there's no aura. There's no aura, mm. and when, what 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 came? This is the other point. What came down the the, the down the race wasn't just a kind of um, facsimile of, 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 of players. It was a it was a kind of um, all these odd bots, big nick had crashed through it, massive leg, brassy, and any strange kind of movements. And then you had all Sergio with his yes. socks down, his bandy legs, and you know <laughs> you've got a great a great amount of physical diversity. So. And, and these players symbolise different things. Yes, you know, they, yes. They each, now, the day, none of the players symbolise anything. No, no, no. In it's those, it's days, the... in those days, you could have bad men. Yes. You know, OK, you've got, a, you've got this bloke hit someone on Saturday. So yep. so for me, it was just... It was, the game was full of drama. Yes, yes, very true. Brent, um, for, for the record, was it, was it Berkeley Cox that really um, discovered you, so to speak, uh, when you were at Scotch College? Well, well, I, I suppose they say it was. I, I, I played a game at. Uh, I wasn't. I was at Scott College, but I, they didn't see me play for Scotch or anything like that. I just. 
I just came in to watch a game at City South yep. in Launceston, and, and then I was standing there, and the, the thirds were playing under 19, you know. Yep. And I just, they said, me, you, you want to have a game, one of it, something, and they got me the Guernseys, and they got me Guernseys and some boots. <laughs> I went out at half time and just played to City South. Right. And I suspect that if, if, if he did, if, if, if uh, Berkeley, Berkeley yeah. Cox uh, was, uh, you know, instrumental. That would make sense. Right. I thought I was, I thought I was, you know, good enough to um, play in the scenes. Yes, <laughs> yes. And of course, friend, you know, there will be many that many Carlton people that will f- so fondly remember you when you played. Who will say that this uh, honour is long, long overdue? And yet the timing I- is quite interesting because it's 50 years obviously this year that you ran out for the first time that, that game against Geelong yeah. in the opening round of 68 you're a boy of 17 yeah. then do you remember that moment oh absolutely yeah. you know I mean the fact is you know I, I, I was um, the, car, the car club may have you know the fact that I left the club I mean they probably they probably felt that you know had a bit of um, a bit upset than me you know yeah. um and, and, and maybe that explained some, some of the reasons for the delay, but, you know, I was a kind of you know, volatile player, I've reported a few times, and yep. I don't think that helped it particularly. Um, and, and the first game, I, I, it was just, I got, I think I got, I think it was 15 or 16 kicks or something like that. Mm. The bloke I played on was one of the most beautiful, beautiful sort of players, you could imagine, a beautifully balanced player, and he got 25 kicks best on the ground, yep. Dennis Marshall. Yes. And, uh, you know, I was just overwhelmed. I yeah. mean, you know, I, didn't, I didn't perform badly, but uh, for, for the first time. Yes. But if I, if I hadn't been so overawed, I mean, I, I could have, you know, done quite well for myself with it. But it's very hard for a 17-year-old to, to actually... I was, I was only, my body hadn't even developed. I was a kid, I was a kid really. <laughs> In closing, Brent, I'm conscious of time, but um, when, when you, refl- you reflect back on your, your days at Carlton, uh, look, admittedly, you know, they didn't end as perhaps, uh, to, they didn't go to script, as you might say, but um, do you look back fondly on, on your time at the club and... Yeah, very much so. I love the I love the players. I love, got on well with them there. I, I, I'd love to be at this function to see the players and and uh, the blokes I played with because they're, they're, I would just love to see them. And I'm really sorry because I, I've got this problem of balance and stuff. And I can't. But that's but that's the great shame that I couldn't be there and see the blokes in '68 and indeed other players that I would have loved. I would have loved to see and. That I that I played with. I mean, you get so close to folks that you play with all the time, and uh, you know that's the story. I'm, I'm I'm sad that I can't be with them. I'll never see them again. You know, if I can't get, really travel very well, and I can't even get in the car hardly. But mm. but look, look, I, I better go now. But it's lovely. It's a It's lovely talking to you. Now. I wish I could say to talk a little longer. <laughs> Mark Murphy. Great to talk to you, Mark, uh, this occasion for the club. Great day for the club, the Hall of Fame and uh, the 1968 Premiership Reunion. Uh, ca- current captain of the Carlton Football Club, as a current player, what do you make of this experience, Mark? Oh, it's always good to come to these events and um, to recognise our past players, and a lot of our past players are great to the game, so uh, it's really important that all our young guys understand um, the history of the footy club, and it's a good occasion to come to and actually sit on a table with some past players as well, and um, supporters who have been there for a long time and supported the club. It's it's really good to hear some of the old stories and um, they're always very humorous, a lot of the stories as well. So, um, 
yeah, it's it's a really good day for the whole club to get together. I think what was significant about the, about the players that spoke today from 68 was that to a man they seemed to believe that the, the current team was heading the right way and good times were not that far away. Yeah, that's right. They uh, were speaking about it had been 21 years since they'd won their last premiership. Um, it's almost like we're in a, a bit of a similar boat. It's been um, was it 23 years since we've we've won a flag and um, it was interesting actually hearing the, um, the age profile of the group as well. They, and they were average age of 22 odd, 22 or 23. Um, so I think it's good for a lot of our young guys to hear that, that um, you can make a big impact at a young age and I'm certainly driving those guys to do that. Yeah, the message there is that it can be done. It can be done and yeah, even just look at the, the current um, situation of the AFL that um, clubs can jump pretty quick and uh, we're under no illusion that we've got to work really hard and um, well, I think we've certainly got uh, the talent in our list to, to do that. We're just going to make sure we stay injury-free, work really hard. That was something that um, the guys from 68 talked about. They were, they were hard and tough, and um, that comes from training. So that's what it's all about. And a word on the uh, Hall of Fame inductees, Brent Croswell and, and Lance Whitnell. You, you probably haven't met Brent Croswell, I dare say, but Lance you would have seen around, along the way. Uh, what are your thoughts on the two inductees? Yeah, Brent's son spoke brilliantly, and... Um, a lot of what the guys uh, up there from the 68 team spoke about, uh, his son actually mentioned that as well uh, from the words from Brent, so that was that was really good to hear. Uh, and Lance was, um, it was a, a big figure when I first got into the club, not in size-wise, but um, just reputation. He was always a really smart footballer and um, I suppose I came into it when it was right at the back end of his career, but he, he won a BNF in, his, in my first year here at the footy club, so it was someone that I... I um, yeah, respected because he, he played at such a high level. But uh, yeah, it's a really good uh, a good a occasion to see all of Lance's family here and supporting him. And um, yeah, the love he has for the footy clubs, uh, terrific. Um, and it was great to be here to, to see him speak. And how are you going in the run home to the end of the home and away? You've got two more in you, do you think? Yeah, well, I've, I've missed a fair bit of footy this year, so uh, I'm actually feeling okay. So um, it's a really important couple of weeks for the footy club. We uh, Want to play a really strong brand of football in the next uh, next two weeks, and um, hopefully put a few smiles on some fans who have stuck with us this year. It's been a really tough journey, but um, yeah, we've just got to keep on working hard, stick at it, uh, so we we get into pre-season all ready to go next year. And the final one, Mark, is you know record membership this year, and almost 700 people in the room today. That must tell you that um, the supporters are right behind the team and the club. Yeah, well, having 56,000 members is, uh, is a huge result. I know that the, uh, the membership team are driving to, to increase that next year. But, yeah, just seeing the, all, the, all the fans in here um, sharing some of the past glories, but they're also really keen to see us um, succeed. So uh, I certainly know it's a, a huge club with a big supporter base. Love to see as many jump on board because it's um, certainly uh, the list that we've got at the moment. There's a lot of premiership players there and waiting. So um, hopefully that's soon, sooner rather than later. Well said, Captain. All the very best for the remainder of the season. Lovely to see you under these circumstances today and, and uh, make you post a winner of the weekend. Thanks, thank you. Thanks, Ben. On behalf of Tony Moclair, this is Tony DeBolfo signing off at the Carlton Football Club Hall of Fame and 1968 Premiership Reunion. It's been a fabulous afternoon for the football club. Almost 700 people in the, um, in the room. And we have seen both Lance Whitnell and, and Brent Croswell inducted to the Carlton Football Club Hall of Fame. 
been a privilege to be here to send uh, this uh, message to you. Uh, we've spoken with um, David McKay, Ian Robertson, Gary Crane, Lance Whitnell. A special um, message from Brent Croswell in Hobart, Tasmania. We thank you for listening and we will see you uh, back in the studio very soon. Bye for now.